Talking to my mirror like I love you so much. Curving all my critics like I heard you so what? You can't kill my confidence, I think I'm the man. Tally all the fucks I ever gave on my head. And welcome back to another episode of All Things Random Podcast. I'm Jake. I'm uh, running solo tonight. Um, Greg had a, uh, a uh, situation this weekend with a friend that passed away, so he took the weekend off. Uh, so I'm going to go at it alone today. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, not very good at doing it alone. Like hey, having a second person here to conversate with and things like that, kind of keep my flow going. So hopefully um, I do this and you guys like it and turns out well but we'll see but uh we'll kind of just get right into it um starting off with some blissfield stuff here um so want to start off with the girls uh basketball district start here next week is which is kind of exciting because uh they're really good and really fun to watch um i really enjoy them uh and so does a lot of people in the community um, but the uh, tournament starts here in Blissfield, uh, two twenty-seven, which is February seventh at seven o'clock. It's Erie Mason versus Madison. The winner of that game goes on. Excuse me, goes on and plays Blissfield on three-one. Um, that is a seven o'clock game as well. Uh, Blissfield got the bye, uh, and then on three-one at five thirty is the actually the first game uh, be against Whiteford and Monroe's uh, Central Catholic. Um, uh, they whoever advances from that game goes to the championship, and then whoever advances out of the Bliss Field and whoever Erie Mason or Madison will advance onto the championship, and then that game gets played on three three at seven o'clock. Uh, so go there, check that out. Um, tickets have to be bought on Eventbrite. Um, that is uh, a website you go to to buy the tickets in advance is the only way you can purchase tickets. Uh, they went to that after the COVID thing, uh, which actually makes it a lot easier. Uh, we used to have to buy tickets uh, like through the school and stuff like that uh, and get tickets, uh, which is kind of a pain in the butt, especially when your kids don't tell you that, hey, tickets are on sale for this event or whatever. Uh, so you want to go on that website, Eventbrite. Um, you can find the link at the Blissful Athletics page on Facebook. They'll send you a link there. So that's uh, that's my first bit there. Um, and then we go into the first Thursdays again. I'm going to give that another another plug here. That's coming up March 2nd, which is a uh, it's a um, scavenger hunt um, that is uh, in the theme of St. Patrick's Day uh, pot of gold. I know I, we joked around about an actual pot of gold versus pot of freaking chocolatey treats wrapped in gold foil but that's probably what it'll end up being but uh either way go check that out um and then the next one in april sounds like it's gonna be a fun event it's gonna be a wine event which you have to go and buy tickets for um uh in advance i think that's 25 dollars or something like that. i don't remember what the um what the uh actually you know what that might be the event bright one um in the what, what is the tickets i don't i don't I'm going to have to look and see uh, on one of the breaks and see what the incorrect that because I think the event bright's actually for the uh, wine tasting or wine deal that's wine around town um, event for in April. Um, gosh, darn, I can't even think of the name of the 
the thing. Either way, go to the, the Blissfield page, uh, athletics page, and I'll give you the link for the uh, girls' basketball tickets. Um, so, yeah, um, we're just going to keep the ball rolling on the Blissfield stuff. Um, actually, you know, I'm going to take a little jump onto Facebook here. Um, bit of a crazy situation popped up here um, about 13 hours ago from the Daily Telegram. A uh, 72-year-old man is in custody after deputies reported finding a 72-year-old woman shot to death shortly after 9 p.m. Friday um, at... Um, uh, in a residence in Madison Township. Um, so basically what happened was a man is in custody, which uh, I don't have this page here queued up for you guys to see. Um, but uh, this is a Madison Township. A man is in custody after a woman was found shot to death Friday night in Madison Township home. Lenny County Sheriff's Department or deputies in Madison Township police were dispatched shortly after 9 p.m. after reporting after a report of a domestic violence incident on Baldwin Highway. A news release from the Sheriff's Department said, according to the Sheriff's deputy, uh, when they arrived to the residence, they discovered a 17 year old woman deceased in the home uh, from an apparent Gunshot wound, uh, said the, the, re- the release said. The suspect, 72-year-old man, was taken into custody and has been lodged in Lenway County uh, Jail pending arraignment of homicide charges. Um, so it says in here there's no names um, released at the time. Uh, I have found that on, uh, on this page, on the Facebook page here, that um, Maples was the last name... Um, I want to say Kathy was her first name, the woman that was shot. She was a uh, teacher and a librarian at Deerfield Schools. So uh, hearts go out to the uh, Maples family for this tragedy. Um, Not sure what happened, but I'm assuming that, uh, I don't know, things this went, just went bad for that family, uh, which really stinks. Um, Yeah, so with that... Uh, we'll move on from the tragedy stuff. Um, this week here in Blissfield, we had a little bit of a weather event that uh, was kind of uh, interesting. Uh, haven't had a storm like this come through in quite a while. Uh, back, I think 2011 was the last time we had a good ice storm come through this area. Uh, so we had one come through. Um, it kind of kicked the crap out of this area. Uh, there was a lot of uh, down trees, down power lines, a lot of people without power. Um, across the state, I believe there was over 300,000 people, or 200, 200 to 300,000 people without power. Got some assistance from some people out of state to come help kind of patch things together. I believe most of Blissfield has been restored. Uh, seeing reports of some places in Adrian still down uh, and around our area. Um, so they're, they're trying to get there. Um, I know my mom was out of power. I had to help her get her, um, get her, uh, generator going and get things working out, you know, working sub pump and things like that. Uh, it's kind of a mess. Um, I know the local, um, uh, lawnmower repair place, equipment place there, they sold the crap out of generators and they did everything they could to get generators in town and supply people with generators. I talked to Jeff this morning, uh, at Bill's service there. And he said that they did, he can't even count how many generators he sold because they had some some stock of some used stuff that was in the back there that they had gotten out and got cleaned up and got them running, um, sold them off, you know, at a reduced rate. And then uh, they had gotten a shipment of uh, generators in. Um, Jeff 
didn't quite grab what he needed off the truck. Cause they, I guess they were told just to grab what you need and we'll, we'll figure it out later. And, uh, he grabbed what he could and he sold all those out. And then he ended up driving around to different, uh, places and trying to find some other generators and get them back down here. Um, sold, sold them all, uh, except for one. So that was good that they, uh, they busted their butts and, uh, you know, helped out the community and got, you know, got people back up and going. Um, so, but as far as I know, most of, most of our area is back up and going, uh, here at my place, I only lost the internet for about, I don't know, 13 hours or so. And, but no, no power loss. So that was good. That was definitely good. Uh, but, but definitely there was carnage throughout the County. Um, I worked up in Jackson, uh, this past week and just driving through that area. Um, Thursday morning I had to take 3d tours and hit a patch of uh, black ice before I made it up to Jackson. It was quite the, uh, quite the adventure I can say, but, uh, it was, I mean, it was all right. I made it there safely. Um, but uh, it was definitely, definitely a mess, a lot of dodging of trees and down power lines and things like that. And, uh, cable lines, phone lines, things like that. Uh, even ran over one phone line. I was kind of surprised it was left over across 223, but it is what it is. They must not have been concerned with that one. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to play a short little, uh, short little video here, kind of showing a little bit of the carnage, and I'll be right back. Yep, so that was just some of the destruction. Stole those off Facebook. I need to get better about taking pictures and stuff like that to share on the show. I see it all, but I don't know. Don't think about it until it's over, and then I go and hijack stuff off 
of the internet <laughs> off of uh, local people's pages and stuff, but oh, whatever. Whatever. It is what it is, but yeah, so this week's been pretty interesting. Um, so the East Palestine stuff, and I'm going to hammer on this a little bit, um, mainly because it's not going to go away. It may go away in the news. It's going may go away on social media, but the effects of what happened is not going to go away. It's going to be ongoing for a very long time, um, mainly because of how they, how the response was. So, yes, thank you to the firefighters and the responders that were there. Okay, they hadn't handled anything like this before. I've watched several different interviews from different um, from different uh, hazmat response team personnel and stuff like that that you know stated that this this was not the means of what they should have done how they should have handled the chemicals I guess uh, typically you would be bringing in you would be containing it you'd be keeping the containers the the carts you know cooled with water uh, until uh, Trucks arrived, you know, hazmat cleanup crews arrived to be able to uh, basically release the chemicals into another tanker and transfer it over so it can be disposed of or whatever they need to do with it. Now, what they decided to do instead was is dig a big trench, um, release the release the uh, the mainly the uh, vinyl chloride is what the the biggest concern was. Uh, release that into a ditch and then they set it on fire. They call this a controlled burn, uh, which was far from being a controlled burn. A controlled burn would be more of uh, uh, the control of the amount of fuel, oxygen, and heat uh, put together to properly dispose of it based off of the, the safety data sheets of what they, of proper disposal of a, of a uh, chemical is, uh, of that uh, specific chemical. Now, when it's improperly incinerated, what happens is that there's a uh, byproduct that is released that not a whole lot of people are talking about. Um, there's a guy on TikTok that's been following this thing pretty close. Yes, I said TikTok. I know everybody's like, ooh, TikTok, this, that, and the other thing. But they do have on the, you know, basically your, your citizen journalists out there um, reporting this stuff and and digging into it and putting it up at lightning speed faster than what the media will do and they're not paid by these corporations not to say these things uh that's a whole nother thing that we can get into shortly um so that guy there he was more concerned he 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 brought up the dioxin aspect of things, which is the dioxin is what was released when they burned this chemical. So anything that's uh, chlorinated, uh, when it's burnt, there's dioxins released. There's different types of dioxins that get released, and some some of these chemicals have worse kinds of dioxins that get created when they're burnt improperly. Um, so, and I and that's the best way I know how to explain it. Um, so this guy on, excuse me, this guy on TikTok, that was uh, he was he was his concern was was the sixty thousand gallons of um, lubricant, 
it's a petroleum based product, but it's not, but we can clean up like crude and stuff really well. We're really good at that because we have that happen all the time. Uh, there was a spill in Kalamazoo uh, that was quite, no, I guess it was about three or four years ago that happened here in Michigan that, you know, they cleaned up, they were able to get it taken care of. And we know how to handle that. But these lubricants is what he brought up was that he was concerned about was that there's there's uh, chemicals that were put into these lubricants that haven't really been all that studied on what their effects in out in nature are and what you know what they can possibly potentially do to the environment. So that's his that's his main area of concern. But one thing that you know he noted was that the vinyl chloride is basically a, a mute point anymore that it doesn't matter because the, 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 the main VOCs and stuff like that are gone from what remaining, uh, uh, chlorine or, uh, vinyl, uh, chloride was left, uh, you know, left over from the burn. Uh, and then, uh, there was a couple other chemicals they had mentioned, but they haven't really said what they were because they were testing for those other, those other things. Uh, but they haven't really said much on testing for dioxins and what and what could potentially be there. So those dioxins, they went up into the air in the incomplete combustion of the chemicals. When it got up in there, obviously hit the airstream and it's blown around and it's dropping acid rain and dioxin rain on the countryside. Pennsylvania, it's been, uh, people are speculating in New York, um, a lot of farm area. Um, obviously, the other chemicals uh, have gotten in with the the water, um, but the dioxins though hits the ground, gets in with the soil, gets on plants, gets on cars, gets on people, gets on houses, trees, plants, just everything, and it it doesn't have a half life. It's a, stuff doesn't go away. It's one of those uh, forever chemicals that uh, they that they talk about um, that just doesn't doesn't go anywhere. It just it just stays there. I mean, there's no half-life like radiation, you know, like cesium-137, you know, it has a half-life of like, I don't know, 150 years or 200 years. So it, it'll, it'll eventually break down. But this right here, this stuff isn't going to break down, and that's a concern. Uh, there's very few people that are really starting to talk about this, but the people that are talking about it are talking very loudly about it, and it is starting to make some headway. Uh, so... I, I grabbed a couple of articles here, uh, kind of explaining dioxin a little bit and what it is, what it was used for, what it, when it was developed. I don't have the history of the discovery of it necessarily, but it does go back quite a ways. I'm talking like the 1940s, 1950s, uh, the discovery of dioxins and what they were doing with it. And everybody was a player in it. I'm talking Monsanto, Bayer, um, uh, Basif out of Germany, uh, Bayer's out of Germany, um, which those two together were uh, IG Farben. Um, then you had uh, Dow Chemical was involved with it, um, and I think there was, I think there was one more that was mentioned in in uh, a podcast I was listening to that was breaking out. You know all the all like kind of like a history of dioxin and its discovery and what it does to people and how it doesn't go away. Um, but just, uh, we'll go ahead and bring this one here up. So this is, uh, EPA in Missouri, a town, a flood, a super fund looking back. This is, this is the, uh, EPA, um, headline article. So this is kind of like a history, the last 40 years of disasters, but this one here, um, uh, 
is about a town that's called Times Beach, Missouri. So Times Beach, Missouri uh, was the site of the worst inter- environmental disaster in the nation's history nearly 40 years ago. So this is 40 years, and this place is still, still um, abandoned. It's a state park now. Um, an individual was paid to spray materials on the road to suppress the dust in a small Midwest town. What what the town didn't know was that he was spraying these roads with a mixture of highly toxic chemical compounds, dioxin, and waste oil. So the guy um, had waste oil, and he had gotten a contract to destroy some dioxin. Instead of destroying it, he mixed it and sprayed it on the roads. Uh, when the town was inundated with a terrible flood in December of 1982, that toxic mix spread beyond the roads and covered the town. Okay, so there was a flood. So that's where the headline comes in. And it pretty much spread this stuff all over because this is a forever chemical. It doesn't go away. Um, As part of the EPA's 50th anniversary commemoration, we look back at the events surrounding the Times Beach disaster. Over its 40 years history, EPA's enforcement and compliance work has played in it an integral and crucial role in protecting human health and in and the environment. The Times Beach tragedy was one of several like it at the time and helped spur the creation of the of the super fun law, paving the way for countless cleanups and uh, remediation actions at sites across the country. So with that, <clears throat> EPA on Tuesday of this week, um, now, that train derailment happened, I believe, February 3rd or February 4th. Um, the EPA on this past Tuesday finally announced that they are going to be fully responsible or fully take over the cleanup of the, uh, of the East Palestine uh, chemical dump there. Um, chemical spill, sorry. So... If the EPA here in this in this one little this one little paragraph here is that the over the fifty years history EPA's enforcement and compliance has worked as a as a worked has played an integral and crucial role in protecting human health and the environment. So they knew that this thing was a big mess, and it took them two and a half weeks to decide, yeah, we're going to get involved. Sounds, I don't know, sounds messed up. Sounds pretty messed up. Okay, so in 1960, Verona, Missouri, facility produced Agent Orange components and hexochlorophene. Um, At the facility in Verona, uh, Missouri, the chemical company Hoffman Taft produced two, four, five, Texachlora, boy, that's a hard one to say. Yeah, I'm not going to try that one. Or 245T for the U.S. Army as part of production of defoliant commonly referred to as Agent Orange. In 1969, Hoffman Taft leased portions of the plant to Northeastern Pharmaceuticals and Chemical Company uh, for hexachlorophene production. And sells and sells the facility to Syntax companies. To the Syntax company, uh, the production of two four five T and hexachlorophene generates the hazardous product of two three seven eight hexachloride benzo P 
dioxin, or for short, dioxin, which is stored in a facility tank. Dioxin is highly is highly toxic and causes cancer, reproductive development problems, damages the immune system, hormone, and hormone interference. Um, so just a short story, and I'm not going to mention any names, but when I was a kid, I went on a camping trip with a friend of mine, and uh, we're playing horseshoes uh, at this uh, at this campground, and his uncle's there with us with his with his with his child, and his child had special needs. I'm not sure exactly what was wrong, uh, but you know something was wrong. Well, my friend uh, decided to tell me you know that his his uncle was in Vietnam was in the Vietnam war and was hit with, uh, agent orange and that his son was the result of the birth defect that, uh, agent orange caused, um, and passed it on to his child. Now, from my understanding that this dioxin poisoning, it can become generationally, uh, an issue as far as reproduction. So there's a lot of different things that can happen and it sticks into you and it damages your DNA and you pass that DNA onto your offspring. Uh, if it doesn't show up in that offspring's uh, um, development, then it can pass on to their child. Um, and then by that time, you don't, they don't know what happened, you know? So that may be an explanation of some of the issues that are there today is because of some of these chemicals and these forever chemicals. All right, so moving on. Early 1970s, waste oil hauler Russ Bliss is hired to remove dioxin from the tanks. All right, so Bliss mixed the dioxin with waste oil. The mixture was used for dust suppression on dirt roads and horse tracks throughout Missouri. In fact, Bliss sprayed more than 25 locations with the dioxin-contaminated mixture, including the town of Times Beach. 1971, children's and animals mysteriously fell ill at the site and sp- Sprayed by Bliss. At one site, Shadona Stables, the over 40, wow, <laughs> over 40 horses died from the toxic mixture sprayed on, spray, that Bliss sprayed on the dirt surfaces in and around the area of the, where the horses were trained and rode. Birds, cats, dogs also found dead near the area. When, this, when a six-year-old daughter of a stable owner becomes terribly ill, the Missouri Department of Health and U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention investigate. 1974, CDC investigates tie, investigations tie dioxin to the illness. After tracking down the source of the toxic mix of the chemical that Bliss sprayed to suppress the dust, the federal government mobilized resources, investigated investigate the dioxin contamination, and were and where it was sprayed and stored by Bliss. 1980, Superfund enacted a Comprehensive Environmental Response Compensation and Liability Act, commonly known as the Superfund, creates a fund for addressing the dangers posed by toxic waste dump. The Love Canal tragedy, which you can look that one up, I believe that was in New York, uh, in addition to a widespread concern about dioxin contaminations are key to this spurred, uh, that spurred its passage. The Superfund law authorizes two kinds of response, short-term removals and act, where actions may be taken to address and release, the releases or threatened releases required prompt response and long-term remedi- uh, remedial response action and permanently and significantly reduce the danger associated with release and threat 
threats of the release of hazardous substances that are serious but not immediately life-threatening. These actions can can be conducted only at a site listed on the, the EPA's national priority list. So, back to that guy, uh, that, that the TikToker. Um, he was concerned with 60,000 gallons that were potentially released of lubricants. These lubricants have unknown, unstudied chemicals in there uh, that he was concerned about. So I don't know why the EPA wouldn't be concerned about it, not knowing exactly what's in these chemicals, any kind of studies of what kind of environmental impacts that it has and what kind of long-term possible impacts that uh, it could be on, you know, he, you know, human life and on uh, animal life. So I don't know, man, this is, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I think it's bullshit. Um, EPA should have been there day one saying, all right, what's on here? What's in here? What, you know, what, what things do we need to potentially be worried about? You got the tracks that were rebuilt uh, right over the top and opened up the railroad right away. Now there has been a couple town halls, one with the CEO of uh, Norfolk. So Norfolk, <laughs> they are fucks, but Norfolk Southern uh, saying that they're going to rip the tracks up and they're going to remediate all that dirt, remove it, dispose of it. That's another thing is, just got word today that they were looking at Michigan, the landfill up in, uh, I believe, New Boston, Michigan, or something like that. Uh, there's a big dump up there uh, that uh, that they were going to possibly be one of the candidates, which I've known that there's been toxic waste dump there before and disposed of. Um, but still, do you want this stuff in our state? I don't. <sighs> yeah, so moving on. March 2nd, EPA obtained CDC records regarding dioxin contamination in Missouri. From here, the EPA establishes dioxin sample sampling plant plant. I'm sorry. From here, the EPA established dioxin sampling plans for the site across the state. November 1982, towns or town of Times Beach receives first news of possible dioxin uh, contamination. EPA continues to test for dioxins. 1982, um, ooh, yeah, 1982, record flooding sweeps through the Merrimack River. Um, residents of Time Beach are forced to evacuate, fearing that the, flood, that the flooding had spread the dioxin. CDC, EPA recommend the town of Times Beach not to re-inhabit it. So here's a little clip here. We are walking around the streets, walking into houses. Many of them were like people had just simply stood up, walked out, never came back. Plates on the table, Christmas trees, Christmas decorations outside, and just this, and just streets after streets of that, said Gary Pendergrass. A Syntech, a, Syntech, a Syntech Corporation engineer hired to help clean up Times Beach, as told by John Hamilton. That was a little excerpt out of a paper, I'm assuming. February 1983. EPA announces a federal buyout of the town. So the feds come in and they buy this town out. 
Dioxin levels of the town were found to be be 300 times what the CDC considers safe. The agency also recommended a permanent relocation of the town's more than 2,000 residents. Speaking from a locked conference room in a hotel near Times Beach, EPA Administrator Ann Burford, it's not even a hard name to pronounce, I don't know why I'd struggle with that one, announces that the EPA will buy out 800 resident residential homes or properties and 30 businesses at Times Beach using Superfund dollars. Hundreds of residents gathered outside to hear the announcements over the loudspeaker. EPA issues a news release for the announcements in a joint federal-state actions on February 22nd of 1983. Times Beach later becomes one of the first sites to be added to the national priority list. 1990, a a consent decree entered. So this is seven years after, basically, they say people shouldn't live there. Um, which that would be that 83 was the time that everybody left and didn't come back. Under the consent decree, de- decree EPA res- response, the EPA is responsible for is responsible for evacuation, transportation of dioxin contaminated contaminated soil from eastern Missouri dioxin sites in Times Beach for in incineration so they dig up the dirt remove it they take it to an off-site and they incinerate it burn it at high temperatures controlled air mixture and all that stuff to make sure that it gets the high enough temperature to destroy the dioxins so the settling uh, defendants are responsible for demolition and disposal of the structures and the debris remaining after the permanent relocation construction of a ring levy to flood protect the incinerator site. Okay, so it was doesn't sound like the site was too far off of that, so they made sure that it wasn't able to be flooded. Uh, excavation of contaminated soils at Times Beach. Operations of the incinerator and restoration of Times Beach upon completion, blah, blah, blah. All right. 96, a temporary incinerator is brought in. In 1997, cleanup is complete. So they leveled this place. They burned everything. Um, in 1999, which is not too far. I mean, I graduated in 2000. That's, you know, 22 years ago, 23, 24 years ago. Well, it was 1999. Route 66 State Park opens. The former site of Times Beach the 409-acre Route 66 State Park is officially opened by the state of Missouri, named after the historical road that ran through it. So they pretty much erased Times Beach and made it a state park. 2001, EPA deletes Times Beach from the MPL. So there you go. Um, the EPA in the state of Missouri determines that the site is no longer posed a significant threat to the public or health and environment and the site is deleted from the MPL. The MPL is the um, Superfund um, law designation, I guess you want to call it. 2012, EPA Region 7 conducts soil sampling of Route 6... Uh, Route 66 State Park and confirms no significant health risks for workers or visitors. So it's open to everybody. Um, now the park is a thriving um, area where, you know, proper handling of and destruction of these chemicals. Uh, I mean, yeah, it wiped a town out, 
probably made a lot of people sick. Uh, I imagine there's probably a lot of, you know, cancers, a lot of, you know, birth defects, deformities, things like that. Um, but yeah, it's a sprawling park now with a, looks like a lake or whatever, but yeah. So pretty messed up. So what exactly was dioxins used for? Well, it was mentioned at the beginning of this article. Agent Orange. Exactly what it is. So I'm going to move this so you can get a good look at my pretty face here up in the corner. As I read through this here, um, uh, and I'm getting better at reading online, so I had to wear my glasses today. Just getting old, can't see. Unfortunately, I got to try and keep my head down out of the slides. That's why I'm trying to keep my head down. Uh, Eventually, I'll get better studio lighting, but this is what I can afford right now. Stuff's not cheap. Not cheap, not cheap. Agent Orange Dioxin was a plant-killing herbicide and defoliant used in the Vietnam War from 1962 to 1971. That's a long span. A lot of people hit with that. What the old whistle here? The Agent Orange sprayed in Vietnam during the during the U.S. military called Operation Ranch Hand, uh, was a mixture of 2378-tetrachloride-benzo-P-dioxin, TCDD, and other dioxin exposures, uh, that doesn't carry well, but, and other dioxin exposures uh, to Agent Orange is linked to certain cancers, and other illnesses. Dioxin has a long half-life, stays in the body for decades, and uh, disease caused by Agent Orange may be passed on to future generations and can cause disabilities, birth defects, such as spinal bifida and certain types of cancers. Compensation benefits are available for Vietnam veterans exposed to Agent Orange and their affected offspring. This article provides a brief history of Agent Orange's role in the Vietnam War and discussing long-term effects of exposures to the dioxins in, in this herbicide. So, TCDD for short, um, has an extremely long half-life. One thing I have learned through this is that with dioxins, um, say that uh, you're on a ranch, uh, a beef, beef ranch, okay, and you got uh, cattle that are out um, grazing on grasses, plants, they eat the dioxins. Dioxins are not fat soluble, so they store in fats. And as they eat more, they accumulate. So there's a good risk that any livestock coming out of there, and this goes for chickens as well, pork, anything. Anything that's grazing, picking anything off the ground, um, as they eat, the more they eat, the more that dioxins can potentially build up. Not saying that's happening, but there is a good possibility that it is happening. So if that is happening, that you're going to have tainted food. Um, I don't know how well, how well it hangs out in the air, um, people are still saying that they're, you know, they're coming, becoming ill from what was 
you know, dumped in East Palestine. I've seen news reports and um, videos of people with skin rashes, having respiratory issues and things like that. Even after that, the Ohio EPA, the governor and everybody else says is everything is fine. It's not fine. So moving on, a brief history of Agent Orange. Agent Orange gets its name from the orange stripes painted on the storage containers during the Vietnam War. The United States government commissioned chemical companies like Monsanto and Dow to manufacture Agent Orange under the U.S. Defense Production Act of 1950. The U.S. banned Agent Orange in the early 70s when the when the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, established the herbicide-containing dioxins as a carcinogenic in 1984, a class action lawsuit over 100,000 Vietnam veterans led a led to the Agent Orange Act of 1991 and presumptive disability benefits for the exposed to the herbicide during military service. Uh, the U.S. involvement in Vietnam, 1962, U.S. Department herbicide agent. Okay, so in 1962, the United States Department of Defense started using herbicides like Agent Orange. To, to defoliate Vietnam's or Vietnamese jungles and farmlands and attempt to make it easier for the Americans, American combat troops to detect enemy forces and disrupt any enemy food supply chains. From 1962 to 1971, the U.S. Air Force sprayed at least 11 million gallons of Agent Orange in Vietnam. Can you imagine the Vietnamese, how sick they are, how sick of a society they are? I don't know. Might want to look into that. Think it might be worth it. You know what kind of effects they've had. And honestly, I think probably Vietnam should should go after the United States or at least the chemical companies, Monsanto and Dow, for this. Obviously, Monsanto's not around anymore. Bayer bought them out a year and a half ago or so, and they merged. Um, so yeah. Impacts to the, oh here we go impacts on the Vietnamese. Even though the U.S. military stopped spraying Agent Orange in the early seventies, that accents in this herbicide continues to have an impact, excuse me, on the Vietnamese people over a half a century later. For example, ponds at a at a former U.S. air base in Binh Ho, Vietnam, are still contaminated with Agent Orange in 2023. Oh, that sucks. When Vietnamese people eat the fish from these ponds, they are exposed to accents. In December 2022, the U.S. United States announced a $29 million contract to clean up the dioxin contaminants, soils, and water in the Bai No Air, Air Base in southern Vietnam. Well, that's nice of them to do. How does Agent Orange impact the environment? When Agent Orange is introduced into the ecosystem, it stays there for a very long time. So, I'm guessing they really don't know what kind of half-life this has at all. Obviously, it's been, well, 50 years, and they still haven't figured it out. Um, actually, longer than that, 80 years, because it, they they were discovering dioxins and what they can potentially do back in the 50s, early 50s, late 40s, early 50s. All right, so dioxin has a long half-life and is hydrophobic, meaning that it doesn't dissolve in water, so it, it's not water-soluble. When dioxins contaminate soil or water supplies, the food generated from these sources can be toxic. 
What are the long-term effects of Agent Orange? The dioxins in Agent Orange are highly lymphophatic, meaning that they are they that they dissolve in fat and are stored in the body. So they are fat soluble. I'm misspoke. Um, so it does as your body absorbs it, stores up in the fat. Dioxin metabolize slowly. One of the primary long-term effects of Agent Orange is that they can accumulate in the fatty tissues and remain there for decades. Sorry. Work today and I got a bunch of dust up my nose. Now it's starting to clog up on me in the middle of the show. All right. Associated diseases. Um, Veterans Administration recognizes that certain cancers and other so-called presumptive conditions are associated with Agent Orange exposing exposure during the Vietnam or during the military service. Veterans and their offspring children who may have also be Agent Orange victims might be eligible for benefits if they have one of the following diseases or Agent Orange neurological disorders. AL, which is I can't pronounce that, pronounce that, uh, bladder cancer, chronic B cell leukemia, um, uh, chlorosane. I don't know what that is. Um, type two diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure, oxygen's lymphoma, uh, hypro hyperthyroidism, heart disease, monoclonal gamma, gammopathy of undetermined significance. Uh, multiple myeloma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, um, Parkinson's disease, or Parkinson's, Parkinson's-ism. That's kind of a hard one to say. Um, peripheral neuropathy, um, porphyria, cantutardia, I'm not sure what, I say that um, prostate cancer, respiratory cancers, including lung cancer, soft tissue, sarcomas, other, and spinal bifida symptoms, visibility, skin disease, um, and forms of acne called chlorocrine, uh, chlor, chlor, uh, chlor acne. Yes, chlor acne. That was one of the things that they discovered back in the fifties. Now that I read that again. Um, are symptoms associated with the exposure of Agent Orange? Orange's main ingredients: two, three, seven, eight tetrachloride benzopyridoxin. It sounds like you can hit this little key and probably play that, but I'm not going to do that. Chloracne is similar to other types of acne that. Uh, that black hair follicles such as acne vulgaris that said the different disease Agent Oranges can cause, each has its own visible symptom. Agent Orange effects passed down. I don't think we'll get into that. Disability, but I'm not going to get into that. Eligibility, no, I'm not going to get into that. So, yeah, it's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Either way, uh, those people over there, man, it's messed up. Really, really messed up. Feel bad for them, that's for sure. Stubborn thing. Sorry, I'm moving screens around here. Probably should wait to do that until uh, next break, but 
want to do it now because I can. Yeah, so. Oh, and I seen that uh, last night Aaron Brockovich was there, a whole team of lawyers. Um, they're going after everybody they can possibly go after. So um, there's going to be, hopefully there's going to be justice for these people directly affected in that one mile radius. But although I think it goes a hell of a lot further out than just one mile. Um, I wouldn't be staying there. I wouldn't be drinking the water there. Uh, there was a video and I, you know, I meant to, I meant to put it together. Um, a video of, um, uh, representative Johnson, the representative of that district there of the state of Ohio, uh, the uh, wine, uh, I think an EPA official, they're standing in this lady's kitchen. Um, and they, uh, I'll have to bring it up because they go through, they go, Hmm, this water just fine. All of them take a drink. They all take a drink and stuff like that. And like, and then the, and the EPA, I think it's the EPA guy goes, Oh wow. That's surprisingly cold coming right out of the tap. And the, and the old lady, it's her house. She's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's a, you know, it's, just, it's not my water. Just blatantly saying it's not my water. It's not what came out of my tap. It's out of a bottle or something. I don't know where it came from. It's not mentioned there and it's not expanded on, but she blatantly says it's not her water. So maybe uh, on this next break, I'll try to bring it up and throw it into my queue here and uh, we can watch it. But man, it's, it's something else I tell you, but all right, I'm going to take another quick break here. Uh, I'm going to play this video. This is from Mike Adams. Uh, he, uh, don't go woo on me here, but he's on InfoWars, uh, filling in for Alex Jones. Um, you guys say what you want about him. Yeah, Alex Jones is a quack half the time, and the other half the time he's telling the truth, trying to do some good. Um, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, he's he's warned about kind of things like this, you know, potentially being intentionally done. I don't know whether this was intentionally done. I can't say that it looks like an accident to me, uh, but it's a major failure of this company and they have a long track record of these kind of accidents happening. Uh, on average, we have, I believe a thousand derailments a year. And to me, that's just way too much, especially since like, you know, uh, a few days after they blew up that freaking or set fire to that uh, vinyl chloride, we had derailment up in Van Buren, Michigan. Uh, there was derailments in, in uh, Houston, Texas and South Carolina. And the derailments keep going and going and going and going. Uh, obviously, we're all hyper uh, fixated on them and hyper focused on it. And the news is reporting on it. I'm expecting that to drop out of the cycle here in the next if it hasn't already, probably this next week it'll drop out and they'll move on to something else. Obviously, we got war with Putin coming on here. Uh, big exchange there. That's that's another thing is Trump was there um, on President's Day. Uh, I believe it was on Monday. Um, was there in East Palestine while Biden's over in Poland, yucking it up with NATO and threatening war, more war with Russia. And, you know, Vladimir Putin, he... Uh, he responded in kind, uh, dropped out of the START treaty. That would, if you don't know what that is, look that up. It's a nuclear treaty that we had with Russia. But either way, Trump went there, grandstanded, political move. I don't know. It all looks dumb to me. But anyways, I'm going to jump into this, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Showing a molecule of vinyl chloride. It contains hydrogen, carbon, and chlorine. That's it. Just those three elements. Vinyl chloride. Showing a molecule of vinyl chloride. It contains hydrogen, carbon, and chlorine. That's it. Just those three elements. Vinyl chloride is what was on the trains. 
It's considered an industrial waste, but not an insanely toxic waste product. You can deal with vinyl chloride. You can, uh, you know, you, you can put it into tanker cars and you can deal with it. You can incinerate it somewhere else in a proper hazardous waste facility. That's what was on the trains. When they set fire to it, and I learned this from Eric Coppolino, who's going to be joining us, when they set fire to it, and I've confirmed this, I have EPA documents confirming this, they created this molecule in the fire, which is on the right. This is the most toxic molecule ever created by man. It's 2378-TCDD. It's one dioxin of a class of dioxins. And you'll notice that oxygens are inserted into the center of this molecule. It has the carbons, the hydrogens, and now chlorine on both ends. Four chlorine atoms, and that creates armor. In, in essence, a chemical armor where this molecule is practically indestructible like Teflon. This molecule is a disruptor of every system in the human body. So it doesn't break down like radiation? It will not break down. It doesn't have a half-life like radiation. It is considered a persistent bioaccumulative toxin. That's called a PBT by the EPA. Persistent means it doesn't go away. Bioaccumulative means that it accumulates up the food chain. It falls on the grass. Grass is eaten by the cows. goes into the cow fat cells. It ends up in the milk, the cheese, the meat, the eggs, and so on. And then as a toxin, it interferes with everything. Fertility. It causes cancer. It causes spontaneous abortions, deformities. Just let me repeat, when they set fire to the vinyl chloride, they turned it into a chemical weapons factory that unleashed TCDD. And then they called this a controlled burn, which is a lie. It's not a controlled burn. It was a chemical factory, a chemical bomb on America, an act of ecological terrorism. And there were, in fact, five cars of, vinyl, of polyvinyl chloride, four cars of PVC pellets, and five of vinyl chloride monomer. And they all burned or were burned. And the problem with that is that among many, many, many problems is that they were burning in the presence of other fires in cars containing things like wheat and metal and frozen vegetables. And so when other substances burn in the presence of any chlorine fire, this increases the amount of dioxin because you're making the hydrocarbons available as well as the chlorines available. So even a little bit of chlorine in a big hydro or any hydrocarbon fire will, will produce the dioxins. So this is, I, I, this is by far, look, this is not really measurable, but I know most of the history of dioxin going back, uh, and I'm going to talk about that history um, in a moment because I've got a 1956 Monsanto document, um, but th I can't think of a worse uh, dioxin release than this one. This is, uh, I mean, you and I both are calling for the total evacuation of East Palestine uh, yes. right now. It should happen immediately. And if it does not happen, Eric, what are we looking at in terms of children that are going to be born over the next several years? Because I've, I've read in, in studies that this will alter pregnancies in, in a, a mother 20 years after exposure. What are we looking at in the next two years? Well, even if it's not evacuated, the, even if it is evacuated, we have a problem because the people have been exposed to so much there, and most of them don't really understand the peril that they're in. They do not really understand the nature of this chemical, um, but we're looking at multi-generational effects. We're looking at women who cannot have children, and we're, and we're looking at spontaneous abortions pretty much in everyone who's pregnant now and potentially everyone who becomes pregnant. You were the guy that made all the decisions. You got a controlled burn? Well, there's a lie. It wasn't a controlled burn. It was an uncontrolled burn. See, I'm a chemical engineer as well, as well as a top health and safety guy. I've got undergraduate and graduate degrees in chemical engineering. You're the first actual expert that we've gotten to speak to. In your opinion, why do you believe that it was an uncontrolled burn? Why are you using that terminology when so far everywhere else we've seen that it was a controlled burn? You could go to a place called West Liverpool downriver, and that's where they burn hazardous waste. And in a hazardous waste uh, situation, they very carefully control the temperature and the amount of oxygen so that they get complete combustion, right? It's time, temperature, and, and amount of the air-fuel ratio. There's no controlling of the amount of air that gets in there. That's why you saw all that soot. So it's not a controlled burn because a controlled burn would have to be like in a furnace or in your car or some system where you control the fuel, in other words, the vinyl chloride and the amount of oxygen. So they didn't do that. So it's an uncontrolled burn. 
One of the worst ways to um, determine exposure in general is to smell it because if you smell the odor, guess what? You're already exposed, right? How long have you been doing this? Um, 30 years. I'm in most of the big named lawsuits as the exposure expert. It's a privilege. I get called in to try to figure some of this stuff out. So that's my job always is what really happened, you know? Welcome back. So that was kind of an explanation of the molecule that was created when the stuff was burnt. Seen the guy down there at the river, clean, taking some samples, trying to get to hopefully get some answers. Um, over this past week, there was a plane crash that had five scientists that were going up to uh, Ohio. Um, some people are saying they're going to East Palestine, but they weren't. They're were going to that um there was a steel or metals manufacturing plant that was went up in pretty heavy smoke um, along with a lot of other places. You can go through the news articles. People are putting together stuff. A lot of stuff's burning across the world. A lot of pollutants are going out. Some of them are kind of suspicious um, times of days uh, that uh, Kissimmee, Florida uh, plant that burnt Um they made um, they made uh, like plastic pots and stuff for like uh, oh shit greenhouses and uh, for um, places like Barrett's uh, home garden places for backyard gardeners to uh, uh, to purchase and stuff to grow with and uh, that place caught fire so a lot of plastics went up burning it was man it was like a five acre plant that that burnt and um, it just. It started like at one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning when nobody was there. Nobody was there. So nobody got hurt. Obviously, the video footage and stuff was probably destroyed. But it seems like nowadays that there'd be off-site places. Like, you know, if I had a, and I, you know, I, I don't know, you know, but if I had a security system that was wireless, which a lot of people, like, say like Ring, okay? So Ring goes into your phone. Now, I would assume that the Ring Corporation or whoever it is or some sort of, there's got to be some sort of recording mechanism there so you can go back and look through it. You would think that some of these buildings and stuff like that would have an upgraded security system. They might not. You know, I don't know. They might not have an upgraded security system, but you would think they would have an upgraded security system to where they would have an off-site, you know, uh, recording mechanism to record, you know, security footage can be reviewed off-site. Um, I don't know, you know, see if somebody was coming in and out of there, uh, see where, if you can, you know, find, you know, the source of the fire that way, uh, you'd think if it's on the cloud and it's digitally recorded that you'd be able to, you know, access that stuff and 
and uh, get to the bottom of it. But I mean, the public's not never going to know. I mean, they're not going to share it with us. They might share it locally. So I guess you know, probably jump on, you know, Kissimmee's, you know, local paper. Maybe they might be reporting it. But even something like that, detail like that, especially if it's something nefarious, they're not going to definitely not going to report it in the paper. Uh, you can see how many stories time and time again that, you know, never make it, you know, even some of the local stuff, you know, that's, you know, it's what to us seems pretty scandalous doesn't make it out very far. Um, like a lot of the East Palestine stuff, you know, that didn't, that didn't make it out very far. The media was pretty hush on that. You know, and you can look back in through, you know, who are the major money players in the media in North, I'm going to say Norfolk Southern, uh, because North, North is fucking the Southern there, but North, Norfolk Southern Railroad, uh, their main, um, main money players and investors is BlackRock, Vanguard, JP Morgan. I believe State Street had a little bit of hand in it and then some smaller hedge fund uh, investment firms. Um, the biggest investors into uh, the major um, the major five of, we'll say, uh, M5M, the mainstream media, the main five, Outlets is uh, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, Berkshire Hathaway, Blackstone, J.P. Morgan. Um, you know that's that's all. You know they all tie together. So they don't want to see a hit to their ten billion dollars in profits that Norfolk Southern put in. Norfolk Southern, sorry, uh, it had uh, had reported this past year. They don't want those taking a hit. Um, I would probably say look at probably some stock buybacks because I believe that possibly had happened. There was a big uh, stock buyback to pump up their stocks uh, to make a bunch more money uh, and pay it out to their uh, investors. Um, so there's there's some fishy stuff going on. Obviously, corporate greed is a problem here. Unfortunately, we've entered into a realm of uh, capitalism that is rather disgusting. That it's all just you know pushed by greed. I'm a capitalist at heart. I believe in free market capitalism, uh, a good moral basis of capitalism. Um, but what we have now is disaster capitalism, which just steals and destroys everything. And it's really, it's really bad. Um, it's not going to get any better. Um, you know, people are like, oh, we need socialism. We need communism. We need this, that, the other thing where, you know, the state cares about the people. Now they don't care about the people. You can go throughout history and see that in communism, in, in, in uh, socialism, it never works out. And then people always, you know, always want to point over to Denmark and the Norwegian countries and stuff over there. They, they, they're socialists. No, they're not socialists. They have social social programs, but they are a capitalist society, a free market, true free market capitalist society with good regulations, nothing that's going to hurt business, but this is going to protect the environment. So that's, you know, for me, that's something that, you know, is, is plausible. Um, I don't like the social program aspect of things. Uh, it seems to work out for them okay, but at our large scale, it's not going to work out. We're three times as large. Um, but anywho, that's, uh, yeah, it was a nice little information video there that uh, I thought was worthwhile sharing. Um, so we're going to move on here. Um, see if this is the right one. Yes. So some sad news here on gateway pundit. I just happened to scroll in to see what I could find to fill the show a little bit more. Um, 
here in Michigan, a uh, 17-year-old honor student soccer player shot and killed by a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old boys uh, who he had offered to drive home in sub-zero temperatures. 100% fed up reports. He was a 17-year-old high school senior, a varsity soccer player, an honor roll student enrolled in an EMT program at a community college. But most importantly, Jack Snyder was a good human being. A good Samaritan was killed last Friday night by two children, a 14-year-old and a 13-year-old, who Snyder was trying to help when he offered to give them a ride home after spotting them in the bitter cold on his way home from his girlfriend's birthday party in Battle Creek, Michigan. Two young boys shot the 17-year-old honor student twice during an attempted carjacking. Both suspects have been arrested. 14-year-old boy will be tried as an adult, as the 13-year-old should be as well. There's no excuse for this. Daily Mail reports that Jack Snyder was found lying next to his car at around 12.10 a.m. the morning of January 17th in Battle Creek after he was shot in an attempted carjacking, according to the police. EMS and medical personnel personnel tried to revive the 17-year-old in sub-zero temperatures, but Snyder was declared dead at the scene. Battle Creek Police Sergeant Jeff Case said in a press conference earlier this week that Snyder uh, Snyder's desire to help and lead or help to help lead to his death. So, yeah, his desires to help led to his death. That's kind of a messed up little sentence there. (sighs) The victim was trying to be a good Samaritan by giving the boys a ride in the cold temperatures. I do know he would, that he resisted the carjacking. So again, he was trying to help out, but wasn't going to give over his car case said. Uh, the 13-year-old who turned himself or turned himself in has already been charged with murder. The suspect has no known connection to Snyder. Case said they said they have dealt with him before, but wouldn't confirm any criminal history. Teachers held a visual visual procession in honor of Snyder earlier this week. A funeral was held earlier Friday, early Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Snyder said. Oh, boy. That's just crazy. Just absolutely crazy. 14-year-old and a 13-year-old. With the 13-year-old being known by police of being a troublemaker. I can know where the parents are. Because in my opinion... I think the parents need to be held responsible as well. A lack of parenting. Now, some might go into saying, well, you don't know the circumstances of the family, which I don't. I don't know the circumstances of the family. But with that being said, sorry, a little adjustment there. With that being said, if it's the stereotypical family that's been created throughout the last I don't say 40, 50 years of our societies collapse here. You can probably guess that they are probably a single parent home. And if it is both parents in the home, there's probably likely some sort of substance abuse going on to where the parents don't care. They just let the kids run about. Um, If it is a single parent home, 
uh, where maybe it's a fatherless home that's even makes it even worse situation because they probably have siblings that the mother is trying to take care of as well. And sometimes the older ones get to do whatever they want because the younger ones need more attention. And, you know, not, you know, I don't want to necessarily negatively, negatively portray every single mother, but in this situation, that could be the case. And if that is the case, you know, why is that happening? What happened? Where's the father? Uh, is the father a deadbeat? Abandoned him? You know, I, who knows? Who knows the situation? Either way, there's too much of this going on in this country. The moral basis of this country is just further decaying. It's just, it's getting to the point where it's, I mean, it's, it's a systemic issue that just continues on and it's just further destroying our, our, our morals and our values. And then you have politicians that take advantage of this uh, to try to get at these kids at these ages to try to, you know, brainwash, I guess you can say in a way, um, brainwash these kids into thinking other things that, uh, is, you know, that I, I don't even know. I don't know where you even go with this. It's just, it's a, a sad situation where a 17-year-old kid lost his life because of a 14- and a 13-year-old. Where'd they get the gun? You know? I'm a gun owner. Proud gun owner. Um, my kids? No. No, 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 no. They know better. They know exactly what those things are, what can happen. And me and their mother have raised them to understand and respect life and the importance of it all. And that, you know, carrying around a gun is nothing. I mean, it's, it's, it's no way, no way to be obviously, you know, battle Creek. I've been to battle Creek. It, it's got its rough areas. You know, it's, you know, probably the size of Jackson or so, uh, Jackson, Michigan, uh, same problem, you know, it, this crime, there's going to be crime. There's going to be, you know, these kind of situations that can occur. Um, it's tragic. It sucks. Um, I think as a society, we need to do better. Um, and that goes back to the aspect of socialism. And how does that, you ask? The social programs that have occurred. Um, you had um, Lyndon Johnson. Um, oh, what the hell was the name of that? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember the name of the, the the program he started. Basically, what it was, it expanded the welfare the, the welfare system and made it to where it incentivizes mothers to have not to have the fathers in the homes. So the the if you're, you're if you're a single parent with multiple children, it's the more money you, you got from the government, and it became to a point where these mothers didn't have to work. Uh, a lot of this happened in the inner cities, uh, so that's where they kind of targeted it. Um, you can look at, look it up. Lyndon Johnson's, uh, gosh, I wish I could, uh, the great new society or something, something like that, or the, ah, crap. I can't even think of it. I sound like an idiot now trying to explain it and can't remember the name of it right now offhand. Um, would you guys can look it up and the terrible things that Lyndon Johnson said, but you know, it, it's, it's tragic. It really is. It really is. But what do you do? I mean, until society completely collapses and it gets rebuilt on a more of a moral basis, you can't tell these people anything. They're gonna they're gonna continue what they're gonna do. They think this is gonna right thing. They're gonna keep voting, even though voting doesn't really matter anymore because it's all freaking it's a it's a selection, not an election. Uh, it's been proven now for the last five elections, 
damn near. I don't know. I think 2016 was probably the only one that caught him off guard. But, you know, the way the media was like, this was Hillary's turn. This was this was Clinton's. This is this was her turn. You know, it's like, who says it's her turn? Who? I'd like to know. I don't think it was her turn. Help make sure of it. But that one broke the algorithms. So, but moving on. So, more moral degradation of our society here. This one here is rather sick. Um, Soros back DA. So, oh crap, I didn't mean to do that. I'm going to get back into that. Oh, I didn't want to do that either. Look at me go. Look at me go. Click on that. I want to click on that. Oh, this was the article. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm such an idiot sometimes. So anyways. All right. So LA Soros back, D, or Soros DA, which the guy was paid, you know, had his uh, campaign funds supplied by George Soros, which if you don't know who George Soros is, please look him up. Um, he's not the worst of them, though. He's just a small-name player that uh, is right now in charge of uh, the destruction of America. You can look him up in his work in Ukraine. That was, you know, significantly, you know, pretty significant deal. And now you can see what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, that one goes back to 2000. I want to say 2008 to the latest. I think Obama was still in. Um, but definitely 2014 was the big was the big. Uh, the big push, the big uh, coup there. Uh, you can look up Victoria Newland. She was involved with that. Um, yeah, it was uh, quite the mess there. But uh, Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon suspended a prosecutor for misgendering and dead naming a convicted child molester accused of murder, who stated or st- who started identifying as a woman after being arrested. Fox News reports. Eight years ago, Gascon's office refused to prosecute the individual, Hannah Tubbs, as an adult after he molested a 10-year-old girl just two weeks before his 18th birthday. Tubbs, now 26, went by James at the time of the molestation. Tubbs was also accused of sexual molesting a four-year-old girl at a California library in August of 2013 while her mother was just a few aisles over browsing books. Last year, Tubbs was sentenced to two years in juvenile. Earlier last year, Tubbs was sentenced to two years in a juvenile facility for girls. Now, if I'm reading this right, this guy molested um, eight years ago. This guy molested a ten-year-old girl. August of 2013. So we're in 2023, that's 10 years ago. So I don't know if they got their dates messed up. So this guy must have not served much time, but earlier last year, Tubbs was sentenced to a two-year, to two years in a juvenile facility for girls. Meanwhile, Tubbs has been charged with using a rock to murder another member of a survival transit group in 2019 while living in Kearns County, California. 
I don't know if this is just a goofy written ass article, but the timelines really doesn't line up very well. Because it says early last year he was sentenced to two years in juvenile facility for girls, which I guess I would put it at 2021. But at that point in time, earlier it says he, now he's 26. Why would he be sentenced? I don't know. This is bad. <laughs> bad writing there from Zero Edge. I'm not sure there, Tyler Durden, what you're doing. But that wasn't very good. But anyways, moving on, which brings us to the Soros-funded DA, George Gascon. Gaskin, Gascon. I'm going to say Gascon. Who suspended prosecutor Shay Sanoff for allegedly misgendering and deadnaming Shay using his male identity. So she called him James. Shame on her. I'm assuming that she's a she. Shay. Shia. Shia. Anywho, uh, the DA's office is now treating Tubbs as a victim. So now that she's called him or this person has called him, which I'm going to continue to call him because you look at the picture and that's definitely a him. So if you want to see the picture, go to Rumble. This video will be posted up on Rumble. You can also watch it on Spotify. Uh, so please check that out. I don't plug that enough. I really need to start plugging that stuff more because uh, we still need to get some more Rumble subscribers so I can go live on Rumble. Um, that's been a, uh, it's been slowly adding, but uh, definitely need to get more people up on there. Uh, just subscribe. You know, if you don't like the show, just subscribe anyways to get me on there. I don't care. Whatever. I do this for fun. I do this for therapy so I can get over stuff, uh, get this shit out. Otherwise, I just think about it all the time. But either way, it's kind of fun. I like doing it. Something to do. It's a hobby. But support my hobby. Go to Rumble. Hit follow. Give me a like. Give me up to 25. I need 25 subscribers. Been back for four weeks, and I haven't been able to hit 25 subscribers. I get like 63 views, maybe for a split second. I don't know. But even on on the, uh, I think we're most listened on iTunes. Even there, I get 60-something odd listens on iTunes. Uh, go over to Rumble. It's not hard. Go to rumble.com. You know, set yourself up an account if you don't have one already. Uh, I'd highly suggest if you watch your people on YouTube, you know, if you see somebody disappear off there, more than likely they're probably over to Rumble or BitChute or other places like that. Uh, eventually, I'd like to get on BitChute, for, but for right now, I can't upload my videos because it says that they're too long, so I don't know what to do with that. I don't know. I don't feel like cutting them up and doing all that crap because it takes too much time. It's just a big hassle. Big old hassle. But anyways, moving on. While we cannot comment on the specifics of the personal matter, I can say that the actions taken by the department... By the department were the results of finding conduct or I don't know. This thing is so written crappy. I hate it. You know what? I'm not going to read it anymore. Either way, this guy's a sick, sicko, sicko, sicko. Um, and he's using transgenderism as a cudgel to get himself out of trouble. Because uh, later on in here, uh, I'll, I'll, I will read this. So um, this is... Um, Uh, let's see here. Where does it say it? 
Okay, so last year, Fox News obtained jailhouse recordings of Tubbs admitting that it was wrong to attack the little girl, but was gloating over over the light punishment. The suspect boasted that nothing would happen to him after the guilty plea due to Gaskin's lenient policy for juvenile defendants and laughed about not having to go back to prison or register as a sex offender. Tubbs also made explicit remarks about the victim's that are unfit to print via Fox news. So now they're going to put me in with other trannies that have seen their cases like mine or with other, or with one tranny like me that has a case like mine. Tubbs tells his father. So when you come to court, make sure to address me as her. In another call, they laughed about choosing the, choosing the new name, Hannah. So that's why, and, and the thing is, they still continue to call this dude Hannah. Stop. Just fucking stop with it already. You can't continue, you can't continue to capitulate to these people and go along with their freaking mental illness. I'm sorry, it's a mental illness, and I will not participate in that kind of a freaking, that kind of behavior. You know, if you want to live that way, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. If you want to dress out in public like that, fine. Keep it to yourself, though. You want to dress up like that, people will see you, but don't flaunt yourself in front of, especially children, all right? Don't go into the women's bathrooms and peek over the stalls because you're you're wanting to look at freaking little girls, children, women in a bathroom because you're a sick pervert and you dress like a woman to do that. Be a man, walk in there, bust open the door if that's what you really want to do, all right? And then take your fucking ass beating after it. Sorry. Sorry for the language, but I just, this stuff irks the shit out of me. Because we've taken something that was used to be classified as a mental, dis, as a mental disorder, gender dysphoria is what it was called. And now we're making it this big deal. It's like 1%, 1% of the world. It's It's nothing. But what they're doing is they're leeching into these kids, making them think that that's what they are, that they're non-binary or some other bullshit, whatever they want to call it. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Don't know. But anyways. <sighs> yep. What world we live in. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. But, you know, what do you do? What do you do? I don't know. I'm going to take a break, though. I'll be right back. What was the marijuana budget on True Detective? <laughs> and are you, have you smoked a lot of that budget today? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. You looking for weed? Depends. You got good shit? Put it this way. I sell him his shit. <laughs> you do an ounce? Three bills. 300. I like it. You get the better price when you come direct to the distributor. I guess so. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. You're smoking reefers? Yeah, of course we are. Can't you smell it? No, Sam. I can't. Come on, Dewey. Join the party. No, Dewey. You don't want this. Get out of here. You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Well, I get addicted to it or something? It's not habit forming. Oh, okay, well. I don't know. I don't want to overdose on it. You can't OD on it. 
It's not gonna make me want to have sex, is it? It makes sex even better. Sounds kind of expensive. It's the cheapest drug there is. Hmm. You don't want it. I think I kind of want it. Okay, but just this once. Come on in. Leave it. There's a little piece of hash. Go to the stove. Do some hot knives. Get stoned and get the fuck to work, okay? I can't get stoned, Ricky. What do you mean? It's shitty work. Everybody does that, all right? Carpenters, electricians, dishwashers, floor cleaners, lawyers, doctors, fucking politicians, CBC employees, principals, people that paint the lines on the fucking roads. Get stoned. It'll be fun. Get to work. I'm a drug-crazed beast with a giant erection that won't go away no matter how many times I do it. You're a nurse. What can you give me for it? I can give you $60 in my wedding ring. Crack rock, baby! I think I already came back to this this episode. Sorry, my music is limited right now because licensing and all that good stuff. I don't know. Small enough show I can probably get away with playing anything I wanted, but this is for you stuff, so find whatever I can that I like and can fit in with the show and do that. But there's all kinds of stuff. But it's better than what I had going. I had three songs. Opening song, some funky stuff, and then the outro. Now I got eight songs. So I'll keep moving on it. But right now this is where the boards has, and it's what I got. So we'll roll with it. Roll with it. Roll with it. So let's go into some Babylon B. Let's lighten the things up. Let's lighten up the subjects. Alrighty, let's see here. Ohio area turtles develop sudden interest in pizza and martial arts. Maybe we might want to read this. Oh, close that. Stupid ads. Stupid ads. East Palestine. Turn this down just a little bit. We'll keep her going just for a little bit longer, though. All right. In a bizarre development, turtles in, around Ohio have reportedly been spotted hanging around pizza parlors and practicing a wide variety of martial arts. I am telling you, the turtles could talk, said a local woman, Alicia Hill. I almost said Alicia Hall, local. That's kind of funny, but Alicia Hill, who claimed to have seen turtles emerge from the sewer. (laughs) He asked me which way to the pizza parlor and then ran away doing random front flips. I know what I saw. I'm pretty sure he even shouted cowabunga. Yeah. The article goes on. 
It's funny. Uh, let's see what else they got here. Plane explodes in a fireball after man in an F or in a 23 F fails to put phone in. I don't know what that is. What's 20? What's 23 F fails in 23 F? Oh, the C-23F. Gotcha. United Airlines pilot tragically, or plane tragically exploded into a massive fireball during a takeoff after a man sitting in seat at 23F failed to switch to airplane mode. Ho, 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 ho. Okay, hotel holds reasonable breakfast, breakfast hours of 4.45 to 5.03 a.m. Fort, Fort Worth, Texas. A hotel located outside the historic Fort Wayne Stockyards is now serving breakfast during a reasonable times of 7.40 or 7.50 or 4.57 to 5.03. I'm not sure the significance of that. I kind of wonder now. Uh, the Rustican staple of Fort Worth area offers a full continental breakfast complete with a waffle machine your children can accidentally burn themselves on, including with included with the room's price guests are invited to serve themselves as well as order from the omelet bar which opens later at 4 at 5 24 a.m on tuesdays and saturdays during the month that begins with m free breakfast is a great incentive for travelers said the hotel manager billy lippums lippins and what better time to eat than the crack of dawn? It helps you keep helps keep you regular. Yeah, definitely after eating a hotel freaking breakfast. According to an unofficial According to an unofficial hotel survey, a number of guests did indeed choose the Rustic Inn because of the free breakfast, but questioned the hotel's claims that the service window was reasonable. I was up late doing Texas things, lamented one of the guests from Wisconsin. I don't know. I don't want to wake up at set at 5 a.m. for breakfast. I'm on vacation. I failed to see the problem, Lupins argued. I eat breakfast every day starting at 4.57 sharp because, because of my severe OCD. <laughs> exactly. Fucking nutcase. What else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Biden promises get rid of those resort fees by the time World War III starts. Uh, Miracle Christian graduated from seminary. Still a Christian. Uh, I guess I can shut that off. We'll let that go. Get rid of that. I like to get some other cozy music here. We'll let this one here play a little bit. Uh, AIDS briefing Buddha judge on Ohio disaster using wooden toy train set. <laughs> oh, here's one that's probably not that funny. Families that can't afford groceries confronted by facts. We have most diverse administration in history. Yes. What is that guy's name? Sam Brenton. I think the guy's name is uh, the former Department of Energy uh, appointee. Uh, I think he was approved. I don't know. The guy was the guy, the bald haired guy that wore the lipstick and wore dresses. Uh, complete freaking fruitcake. He, he, he ended up getting relieved from duties because he was caught stealing baggages from a Minnesota airport. Then later found out that he was stealing from other places in Chicago. And then the latest one was in, uh, I think, Houston, Texas. 
a uh, tan, I think it was a Tanzanian uh, fashion designer had commented. Um, I, this was a Twitter feed that I had saw. I should have that uh, I, I should have uh, pulled it up here, but she was a fashion designer and had her bag stolen. While well, she started looking for her, she uh, I'm not sure what happened, but she either way she saw a picture of that Sam Brenton guy wearing her freaking fashion design that was in the suitcase that was stolen and then later saw found another picture of him wearing some jewelry that she had designed he was also wearing as well and then she she had showed pictures from her actual show that she had you know the 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 the, the apparel that was being shown it was yeah it was clearly her stuff that he's wearing for different events and just so just you know, glamour, glamorized and just so freaking ecstatic that he's wearing this stuff. You know, it's just another freaking weirdo that the Biden administration brought in along with our freaking assistant DHS secretary and Richard Levine, or I think he calls himself Rachel Levine, but he's Richard Levine from Pennsylvania there. Another freaking nut case, nut case. Oh, goodness sakes. Anyways, anywho. Yep. Biden, uh, President Biden arrives in Kiev for his performance review. Yeah. Piss poor performance. Dude, some of these are old headlines from last week. Ain't got a whole lot of new ones up here. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, well, I guess I've managed to make this an hour and a half show. I didn't think I'd make it this far, but anyways, people, the world's crazy, crazy, crazy world. Make sure you check us out on Rumble. Oh, my song just went to crap. Oh, well, well, we'll do the outro then. Might as well end it in fashion. Yeah, so anyways, check us out on Rumble. Please help us out there. Uh, Like, subscribe. Greatly appreciate it. Leave some comments. Tell me I suck. I don't care. Whatever. Uh, It's still still just a hobby to me. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'll interact with you back. Tell you you suck too. No, I won't. I probably will. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) But you can check us out on all major platforms. Um... Or check me out. Greg's not here, so it's just me tonight. But check us out on all major platforms like uh, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, whatever else that Anchor puts it out on. I do use Anchor, so Spotify is going to be a, uh, where you can find the video also because they also allow you to upload the video platform there. Um, so for if you want to watch it on video, Spotify or Rumble, or if you want to do podcasts, you can check it out on, I think there's like nine different uh podcast services that they send it out on now too so and we'll continue to use anchor until anchor bellies up because it's not going well for their little spotify's little podcast adventure they went on i think they're 100 million or 200 million dollars in the hole with this project but until it bellies up i'm going to use it because it's really simple to do um so whatever until next week's uh shit show I don't know. Have yourself a uh, good rest of your weekend and a good week. Much love. Peace.